But uh, it is so good that we could share the word of God on a day like this. It's a, it's a beautiful thing that um, we can lean on God's word and, and just listen to what he has to say to us. So we've been talking about anchored, being anchored. And, uh, you know, two weeks ago, Tammy did an amazing job when she was talking about the sovereignty of God. And a week before that, Jason talks, talked about the goodness of God. And, uh, you know, just thinking about being anchored, I've been fascinated by just the cruise ships, how, how big they are, just how, how marvelously made they are. They are so big, but they float on water. And, you know, I, I went to Google and I was just looking at just how they can even make swimming pools and stadiums on a cruise ship. But the thing that fascinated me the most is the anchorage. Because you see, we're talking about being anchored. Just how every link in the chain, how the big chains, and how every link in the chain is very important. And, and how, how every piece, every part of the anchorage has to work correctly in order for there to be a solid grip on the ocean floor. But I also took time to look at just what happens when the anchorage doesn't work. You know, because sometimes there are accidents and they, maybe the chain just snaps and the, maybe one of the links is not strong. I was, I was amazed, serious accidents. And in all of those accidents, there was one thing that really stood out to me. I, anytime there was an accident, it had nothing to do with the ocean bed or the ocean floor, the seabed. Every time there was a malfunction of some sort, it was either with the chain or with the part on which the, the chain is hooked on the ship. And the, the seabed is very much like the faithfulness of God because today we are discussing this attribute of God. God is faithful. Just to define it a little bit there, faithfulness speaks of God being absolutely reliable. It means that he is in a class all by himself and he always does what is right about every situation and he always does what he has promised. He cannot lie, he cannot fail. It also means that we can lean on God and trust his flawless record because He's never failed and he can never fail. It's impossible for him to fail. It's impossible for him to change. It also means that God is all-knowing, that he knows all of our desires and all of our needs and he understands everything we go through. It also means that he is all-powerful because if he wasn't powerful, then something may change that status of him being, being uh, uh, faithful. But it also means something else. It also means that he is always within reach. He is ready and able to do whatever he has promised. He is always truthful and he cannot violate his character. He can never lie. Never. And so I just want to give us uh, the memory verse for today. It is 2 Timothy 2 verse 12. Actually, 2 verse 13, it says, If we are faithless, 
He remains faithful, for he cannot deny himself. That is an absolute truth about God. If we are faithless, because remember, we are the variable. God never changes. And just like the seabed, the seabed is established. And anytime there's a malfunction in the anchorage, it has nothing to do with the seabed. The seabed is established. It is what it is. But the anchorage sometimes fails. That is why I am saying that we are the variable in that picture. And that is why we want to talk about proper anchorage, you know? So I want to make this, this argument or this uh, statement. God's faithfulness requires that we respond in active obedience toward him in order for us to be anchored at all times. Active obedience as opposed to just passive obedience, because it's possible for somebody to just know the things about God, to know scripture, and to be able to quote all scripture, but to not, but, but not leave it, you know, because you're, not, you're only agreeing with your mind, but you haven't really taken time to persuade your heart about those things that you believe. So we are talking about being anchored. Being anchored requires that we actively obey, that we, we trust God, that we look at his word and trust that God will do what he says and he will do what he promised. And so I want us to go to the book of Jude. Jude has only one chapter, very interesting, very short book, but very profound. It's got very uh, profound truths. And I want to read Jude, uh, well, you can say chapter one, even though it's just one chapter, uh, verse 24 and 25. It reads from the ESV, Now to him who is able to keep you from stumbling and to present you blameless before the presence of his glory with great joy, to the only God, our Savior, through Jesus Christ, our Lord, be glory, majesty, dominion, and authority. Now, here it is. Before all time and now and forever. He never changes. Verse 24, the line that I want us to concentrate on is that he is able to keep us from stumbling. He is stable, he is loyal, and he is uh, firmly established, and nothing wrong can be found in his character. He is faithful. So before we get into the crux of the message, I just want us to pray. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for your word. We pray that, Lord, it shall uh, bring light, that the entrance of your word shall bring light into our spirits, that God, we will hear your word, that we'll hear what you have to say to us, O God Almighty. Thank you for your word because it's here to change us. It is here to bring deliverance and freedom in the name of Jesus. Amen. So just a little bit of a background on the letter that Jude wrote to his recipients. They started their journey in faith with truth that was handed down to them by the apostles, a faith that was once delivered to them. They believed things about God, things about Jesus Christ that established them in faith. But over time, 
they were infiltrated by um, a bunch of people that came in very stealthily and found their way amongst the believers and started to teach wrong doctrines that presented truths that were contrary to what they knew to be true about God, about Jesus Christ, and about life um, on earth and in the Lord. And so Jude is writing to them because they are confused. They are now disoriented. They are uncertain about the things that they once believed. And now they are at a place where they, they don't know what to believe. They don't know what to think. Uh, something in them has fundamentally changed. And unfortunately, the presence of these false teachers, these false doctrine, uh, these doctrines had, had caused their faith to be shaken. Firstly, their faith is shaken due to the exposure, their exposure to information that was contrary to what they knew to be true about God. They, their firm convictions and, and their view of Christ have been tainted. They can't see clearly. They can't feel clearly about uh, uh, the things of God. And now they are questioning the things that they have firmly believed and held dearly for a long time. There is conflict in their minds and turmoil in their hearts uh, as they do not know what to believe now. In short, there is uncertainty in their hearts. Now, although these challenges that Jude's readers were facing are not exactly what, what we are facing now, this message applies to us today because the things that we've been facing, you know, with the lockdown and the threat of coronavirus and all of those things, they have produced the same kind of feelings where we're at a place where we're asking questions and we're uncertain, you know. Uh, our faith, in many instances, is shaken because of exposure to many different theories about what is currently happening, you know. Uh, and we're asking the question, is God really in control? You know, I remember very well at the beginning of, a, of the lockdown, you know, I received so many messages that confused me. You know, in my WhatsApp, I was bombarded with this theory and that theory, this link to this website. Look at what this guy is saying. And those things, they gave me sleepless nights. I remember very well, <laughs> you can ask Naomi, you know, uh, they, they left me at a place where I was wondering, is God really in control, you know? I was thinking about my children and the future and all of these things. And it took me a while to really reprogram my thinking. Because you see, what that does is that it asks the question about the, the lordship of Jesus. You know, as things seem to be falling apart, financially, economically, you know, relationally, we ask these questions. And we ask the question, does God really care? If God really cares, why would he let this, 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 and that happen. And what is known to be true about God in theory is now being put to the test. And we ask the question, have I believed in a lie? Depression, anxiety, uncertainty about the future, feeling out of control. That is what is happening. And we ask the question, what will become of my future? There is a lot of doubt no anchorage. But I want us to look at this, uh, uh, this message that Jude had to his readers. 
There are two things that I would like us to consider about Jude's letter to his um, unnamed recipients. It is both descriptive, descriptive and prescriptive. It is descriptive, meaning that it is informing us or describing exactly what transpired. But it is prescriptive because it is giving us directives or instructions on how to respond in situations that might bring us to a place of uncertainty. It is teaching us how to respond when we feel overwhelmed. It is teaching us how to go, how to navigate in life um, when we go through difficult times. And I want to say to you that if you are feeling overwhelmed, confused, fearful, anxious, uh, you know, about what is going on, I want you to know that you are in good company. We are all facing some kind of trouble or uncertainty of, you know, of some kind. So you are not alone, you know, and, and no matter who it is that you can look at, uh, who is maybe experiencing a lot of success or they, they look like they've got a certain privilege or they've achieved certain things, never be too impressed with what you see about a person to the point where you think that the presence of success negates struggle. We all struggle at some point. So you might be listening to this and you may say, well, maybe it doesn't really apply to me because I feel like I'm anchored, but you may need this word tomorrow because times change, you know? Or you may not need this message right now, but you might, you might need it for somebody close to you that needs to be anchored. So um, I want to mention something about Jude's uh, approach because it is interesting how he doesn't tell his readers to go protesting or to, to publish information about these false teachers. He rather just gives them an instruction on what to do for themselves. It's almost as if he's saying, what you cannot undo, leave to me or leave to God. L let God handle the parts that you cannot do for yourself. And I believe that that is exactly what God is speaking to many of us because there are things that are just beyond us. But God wants to come through in a way that will actually uh, bring about proper anchorage because God is faithful. If we are faithless, he remains faithful because he cannot deny himself. He will remain faithful at all times and, and, and that's just the truth. So I want to just share some things that I believe are of a great benefit to us that Jude shared with his readers in verses 20 and 21. These are the things that he wants them to do for themselves. He says, verse 20, Jude 20 says, but you, beloved, building yourselves up in your most holy faith and praying in the Holy Spirit, keep yourselves in the love of God, waiting for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ that leads to eternal life. I want us to come here and just look at exactly what Jude is saying to his readers. So the first point that Jude is, 
is making here is telling them to build themselves up. But what does that look like? It looks like studying the word, reading it, spending time in the word and hearing what God says. This is how you strengthen yourself. This is how you fortify yourself. When you, when you, when you focus on what God says, when you focus on what God thinks about any situation, it changes the way you view life. And that is exactly what we need to do in these times. We need to build ourselves up, build our faith. This is a faith that we have in a God who never changes, a God who's faithful. You see, God in his sovereignty has limited himself. He doesn't just do things or thrash things over us. He, he wants us to be participants in our own deliverance, if you will. He wants us to, to be in relationship with him because it's a covenant relationship that we have with God. There are things that he requires of us. There are things that he wants us to, 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 to respond uh, in. There's a way he wants us to respond toward him. And uh, that is why he's asking us, or Jude is telling his readers and us today that we must build ourselves up in our most, most holy faith, which is the faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. You see, it is important that we understand that our soul needs to be cared for. And the word of God builds us up. It is the food for the soul. But the reality is that there are so many things going on in the world and through our eyes, through our ears, and even through our mouths, information comes into our hearts. And depending on what that information is, it will cause us to respond a certain way. If you want to be full of faith at any given time, the writer of Proverbs 4, 23 says, above all else. So above all else, guard the affections of your heart for they, are, they affect all that you are. Pay attention to the welfare of your innermost being, for from there flows the wellspring of life. It is your duty, it is my duty, to make sure that the things that we're allowing in our ears, through our eyes, and even the words that are coming out of my mouth, that, that they are wholesome, that they align with the word of God. That means that we need to really uh, uh, make sure that we are, not just permitting anything, that we're careful and we're listening to the word of God, that we're listening to worship music or doing habits or, you know, those things that actually build us up. This is exactly what Jude is telling his readers. Build yourself up in your most holy faith. The second thing that he says is pray in the Holy Spirit. Now, praying in the Holy Spirit is something very interesting. It is praying in the way that the Holy Spirit gives. The Holy Spirit helps us to pray. He helps us to actually pray the perfect prayer. Now, here's the thing. I want to say that this is including but not limited to praying in tongues. Now, I know that this is a subject that requires to be, you know, teased out properly, 
But if you are interested in a subject like that, I want to invite you to hard questions because this, that's where we wrestle with most of these doctrines in detail. But I want to say to you that this is something that is much needed in the, in the, in the life of a believer to pray in the, in the Holy Spirit. And if you, are, you have been given that gift, if you have received the gift of tongues, it is important that you engage yourself in praying in tongues. And because... Um, 1 Corinthians 14, for example, says, a person who speaks in, in tongues is strengthened personally, but one who speaks a word for, of prophecy strengthens the entire church. So this is talking about something that God has given for the individual. Now, of all the gifts that God gives, he gives uh, prophecy, he gives all the other gifts to benefit the body. I, I believe this is one gift that the believer benefits from because they build themselves up. And this is a good time to, to engage in praying in tongues, praying in the spirit. That is, you are, you are strengthening the links uh, on that chain, you know. You are strengthening your anchorage when you do that. You're building yourself up. Thirdly, it says, keep yourselves in the love of God. In other words, submit yourself to God. Look, the appeal is to the believer. It's to the individual. And there are things that God has already done, but I need to take myself into the presence of God. I need to submit. I need to want to be in the presence of God. I need to position myself at a place where I can receive the love of God. So this is an appeal to all of us to keep ourselves in the love of God. It also means that you can actually take yourself away from the love of God. But the appeal is for you to make sure that you hold firmly, that you keep yourself in the love of God. This is something that we should desire, that we should want. This is how you stay anchored. In the love of God, no storm can push you anyhow. You'll be anchored in the very faithfulness of God. You'll be anchored in the very presence of God and you will stay stable even when times are difficult, even when times are hard. That is not to say that if you're experiencing turbulence that you are just, oh, you've just missed it. No, no, no. What I'm saying is that when you take time to, to just spend time to, you know, in the presence of God and you submit yourself to God, you get God's perspective on things. That will actually put you at a place where you're going to respond differently. You're going to respond in a way that aligns with God's purpose, in a way that will still honor God whether times are good or whether they are bad. So the appeal is to us. Keep ourselves in the love of God. So Jude does something else in the next point. He, he fixes the eyes of his readers on the future. And he says, wait, waiting for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ, which leads to eternal life. It is a life of expectation, looking forward to the future, realizing that this life is not all there is. This life will come to an end. 
there is a future hope that believers have, that you and I have. You know, I just want to talk a little bit about Jude's readers. These are first century Christians. They endured a lot of persecution. They went through difficult times. Some of them were thrown off cliffs and they hit the ground and died. Some of them were beheaded. Some of them were put in, you know, they were sewn in two, you know. That's the price they paid. And yet they didn't care. They didn't value their lives to the point where they thought, oh, no, 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 we're going to denounce or uh, recant the name of Jesus Christ or our faith. These guys held on to their faith because they looked forward to that future. And that truth still applies. Friends, this world is not all there is. God has a future hope for us. A hope that starts with us at, at, at the point where we, we allow Jesus Christ to be Lord in our lives. And from then on, we start walking one step at a time, becoming more and more like Christ. And, uh, and we look forward to, to, to that future. You see, hope for these guys was not just a wishful thought. You know, I hope I'll see you tomorrow meaning you're wishing that it happens like that. But hope for these guys was, was a tangible thing. It was something that brought a lot of confidence. When they looked at Jesus Christ, it gave them, uh, you know, that assurance that he was with them. And that is exactly how we ought to respond to the hope that we have in Christ Jesus today because what he has promised he will fulfill. He is a faithful God. And, and the Bible also says that he is working out our salvation, that what he has started, he will bring to completion without fail. But he wants us to align ourselves with his purposes. He wants us to come to him wanting to be uh, transformed by him as we are waiting. And again, waiting for the mercy of the Lord Jesus Christ is not just a passive thing. It is us engaging in practices that God requires of the believer here on earth. Friends, that's how you get anchored. These are the links in the chain that make you anchored. You build yourself up in the most holy faith. You pray in the way the Spirit gives. And you also submit yourself. Keep yourself in the love of God. And also to be expectant of what is yet to come. God is faithful. Whenever there is a change between me and God, when there's, whenever there is some kind of a break, it is not God who has moved. I have moved. You have moved. But God wants us to be connected consistently, to be anchored in his promises, to be established in his love, to be established in what he requires of us. Psalm 18.25 says, To the faithful, you show yourself faithful. To those with integrity, you show integrity. Friends, I want to say this. God is able to keep us from falling. He's able to keep us from stumbling. But the question is, are we willing 
to be anchored? Are we willing to build ourselves up in our most holy faith? Are we willing to be prayerful? Are we willing to submit ourselves in the love of God? Are we willing to be expectant, to look toward the future, past all the trouble that we're facing in this world today? Because, friends, one day we're going to stand before God. We're going to give an account of what we did with Jesus Christ. There is an eternity that is much, much longer than the life that we're living here on earth. This is the hope that Jude is giving to his readers. Again, to our text, he says, Now to him who is able to keep you from stumbling and to present you blameless before the presence of his glory with great joy, to the only God, our Savior, through Jesus Christ our Lord, be glory, majesty, dominion, and authority before all time and now and forever. Amen. He is able to keep us from stumbling. Are we willing to align ourselves? Are we willing to be anchored? The next question that I want to ask you is, how is your anchorage today? Are you sure of the things that you believe? Are you persuaded enough that God who is faithful will sustain you, that he will keep you from falling? Because he has promised, he cannot deny himself. That is our memory verse, 2 Timothy 2 verse 13. If we are faithless, he remains faithful, for he cannot deny himself. This is who God is. He is faithful. And to the faithful, he will show himself faithful. Our anchorage should be plunged into who God is. His character that will never be flawed. We can lean on him and trust his flawless record and know that he will do what he has promised to keep us from stumbling. In this season, I want to pray for somebody who's feeling like your anchor is just not in place. I want to pray for somebody who's feeling like, I don't even know what you're talking about. What is that anchor? Friends, there's a starting point. There's a starting point. If you don't even know what I'm talking about when I say relationship with God, there is a starting point. God wants all people to be saved. He wants everyone to come to the knowledge of His dear Son, Jesus Christ. And He wants relationship. He wants you to know who He is. He wants you to taste His faithfulness, His goodness, and His sovereignty because He loves you. I want to take time to pray for somebody who's facing difficult times uh, and, and, and then I'll pray for that person who's wanting to know who Jesus is. Father, I thank you that, Lord, your word is faithful, that your faithfulness is established, and there is nothing too hard for you to do. Jesus, I pray that you may show yourself, that you may make yourself known to somebody who's doubtful at this time, who has lost their anchorage, oh God. That person who's feeling like they're neglected, may you just show up in their situation in a very fresh way. God, I also want to pray for that person who says, I want to know Jesus. 
Lord, may you speak to them. May you touch their heart. May you cause them to come to a place where they receive you as Lord and Savior. That Lord, they will start this journey of knowing who you are, of relating with you, of loving you and knowing the goodness, your faithfulness, oh God Almighty. Even in this difficult time, I pray that Lord, you would do a new thing in a heart that is ready to receive your grace as it comes to them today in this moment. Thank you God for your word. In Jesus' name, amen.